I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talk to the Audience where this is always death. I am one of your hosts for this one, Bob Mackey, who is here with me today. Rocking my vans, Henry Gilbert. And in case you're a new subscriber to the podcast, welcome and thank you. Uh, this is something that we do at the end of every month for our patrons and the beginning of every month for people on the free feed. Essentially, it's a community podcast where we talk about your questions and comments from the last month of episodes. And also we talk about news happening in the Simpsons world and in our world. And you get to know the hosts a little better. Yeah, We're a, your friends. <laughs> it's a fun uh, cool down after, you know, a month of just hours and hours of Simpsons talk. We like to reflect on the the month that was. Also, they're, they're our most current podcast because we... We yes. now record so far in advance. You've, the podcast you probably just listened to right before this one was a early May podcast. Yikes. So. Yeah, and we're recording this one like a, just a few days before it goes live on the Patreon. And uh, a few days ago, we recorded an October podcast. So yeah. we're being very productive in very. this uh, time where it's uh, we have more time. We have lots yes, more time. Yeah. Lots of lots of time to produce, let's say yeah. that. Yeah. But it's been, it was like a slow news month for once. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shockingly, the watch something happen the, uh, like two hours after we finished this recording. Uh, last month, we barely made it under the wire in the... the you know non-white actor casting news uh but this month no no big break like that at the at the very last minute though this weekend there was at least a there was virtual comic con so there was some news out of that uh which included at the start of this weekend they announced that the season premiere of the simpsons for season 32 has been set for september 27th where it'll premiere also with the new season of family guy bob's burgers and uh, meet the hearts greet the, the bless the, the hearts bless the hearts. there you go it's <laughs> that, a pun that uh yeah that actually makes more sense it's than the, the it's the I bit said. strip show it, really every it could be a good show every screenshot of it just looks fake to me it just looks wrong i i don't understand it but but yes more simpsons are coming and that was just the beginning of the virtual comic-con news they did a virtual comic-con panel all these things that would have had their panels at san diego comic-con this year they just did a zoom recording and and put it out there and the simpsons was part of that uh it was hosted by yardley smith and uh with al Jean, matt selman carolyn omine david silverman and mike b anderson all talking about it and it was really just like a it was a fun chat really yeah we can see all of their uh extravagant uh living rooms from their yeah, simpsons money right my favorite one was matt selman's because i maybe he picked it for comic-con but basically he just picked like a bookshelf behind him that was all comic book collections like basically huh. my comic book shelves over there it was like that was behind cell i saw david silverman get his tuba in, in a clip <laughs> he did but yeah because he he made sure his tuba was in the frame multiple tubas actually and he's like i think he was dying for them to ask him to play <laughs> and he's like well if you insist <laughs> <laughs> but it was an interesting conversation of like yardley smith asking you know wow what was it like to design these characters in the first season like very very early talks 
stuff. Uh, but they the f- most fun stuff was when they showed their favorite Simpsons collectibles. Like, oh, let me show you this. I really like this thing. Uh, Carolina Mina showed off a Bart Simpson asthma inhaler holder, <laughs> which was just like a giant head of Bart Simpson, like fist size that you fit your. Like you like suck into. on his mouth to get your um, uh, the back lung of his medicine. Head, okay. No, you don't have to kiss Bart for it. <laughs> kiss him. Uh, and uh, David Silverman showed off some of his favorite action figures and al jean had like his uh the mose bar collection from i think the NECA mose bar okay. i think it was and uh my favorite though was matt selman well behind yardley smith with just her wall of simpson cells which he's like these are the only simpsons merch i have in my house but it's a wall of cells mostly of lisa and then matt selman's like oh you know i have cells too and he had this cell i was like man i'd kind of want this one it was from his first episode uh natural born kissers and it is the shot of marge and homer with their nudeness obscured <laughs> by things and it's so funny looking like the mailbox and the two guys sawing the it's log homer or whatever looking at the log yeah. yeah it's pretty funny okay uh, so uh, that, a, that's a, a good prize song. collection yeah let's break into his house right now <laughs> uh but he'll be uh, you can't you, this has to be a tough time for cat burglars because yeah. everybody's at home i ain't gonna steal stuff all these b and e's have to turn into murderers now <laughs> uh there's been a lot a much more higher murder rate <laughs> no no as for news they basically had a couple of like cute clips of upcoming episode one where homer i think he's having a dream or something and he meets a yogi bear type version of himself called homer barbera and then he meets disney princess homer who comes out of like a pumpkin carriage and it's uh it's it's cute it's fine and and then they have a clip from their halloween episode of just homer eating a bunch of candy and uh and they also did have some interesting tips about like oh what's it like making this uh, show now and uh mike b anderson supervising director he's like yeah we gave everybody their workstations at home and pretty much it's been the same he feels but al jean and selman were like boy the writer's room just we'll probably never have it again (laughs) al jean was like oh from what we've heard of what's bad for the virus is enclosed spaces with loud talking and snacks and (laughs) snacks and also poorly ventilated like it's everything wrong for the coronavirus so all that laughter oh yeah they're laughing so hard (laughs) i would think honestly more like the loud complaining and also like "Ah, fighting these fries (laughs) like these are my fries uh so who knows when they'll have another proper writer's room Mm. or uh table read again if ever all i know is that uh, the one that we saw the table read that we attended that episode is creeping up on us coming soon yeah. i unfortunately i don't think they've talked about the content of it yet so we can't can't say too much but my prediction uh, was november i yeah i would bet it uh it it seemed like a sweeps level kind of event episode i i don't want to overstate what our script was but uh but yeah it was sad to see gene and selman go like yeah no more writers room for a while who knows like but but they're working digital diligently on the show though. and digitally uh, and digitally yeah <laughs> and uh, all the people are recording from home they just they have their own mics as well uh and they teased guest stars for the upcoming season including uh ben platt who's the star of dear evan hansen i believe i 
from the Pitch Perfect movies. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> comedian Hannibal Burris, and of course Monty Python's Michael Palin. I, I thought he was the one who died, but I was incorrect. No, that's Terry Jones. Yeah. yeah. And uh, joining Graham Chapman, and uh, who will be the next Python to go? Do you mm. think the one with the least amount of money? Yeah, but I John Cleese seems to be in the worst health. I mean, I'm betting John Cleese next in the dead. Well, <laughs> boy, Terry Gilliam, he's not in great shape either. Maybe I don't want to put any of this down on uh, recording in case I'm wrong oh, or that's, right. That's true. <laughs> so up next we have, uh, I've heard of Mad About You, but Mad About You. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, and we're all mad about shoes because Vans is now going to be releasing a uh, Simpsons crossover shoe for the first time since uh, 2007. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I forgot. I didn't I would have bought those shoes in 2007 but all these all those specialty shoes they're so expensive like yeah. they're, they're made for sneaker heads right I think they're made for people that are in a uh, in a car culture not like me like I used to be uh, I used to wear the universal cool guy shoes the Chuck Taylors mm. but then I moved here I got rid of my car and I was like these disintegrate in like three months that's right yeah they are not made for walking I I used to be a Chuck Taylor guy too though until uh, in my early 20s my brother made fun of me too much of saying like those look like clown shoes because i i do have long feet uh were they red <laughs> uh sometimes okay. I, like to, I should have gone with more black or blue did but... they have little squeakers in the feet <laughs> no uh that would have been a good prank by my brother on me if he'd have put them in there so i'm more of an adidas guy but i used to be a vans guy too which i also my friends would mock me of like vans are skater shoes and you're not a skater but yeah, I, I just all these like people were ruthless about your footwear uh it's it's how it's how men critique each other's fashion you can only do it with shoes really. men are the real mean girls <laughs> uh but i don't know maybe i'll buy if there's a cool enough drawing on them i might get them i'm again like i said i'm more of an adidas guy because they do stay together for a good while adidas is a quality brand if i may <laughs> speak them up my vans fell apart too fast on me and uh, when you live in a walking city like this it's uh when i think of those sneaker collectors i just think of that shitty show entourage and now a whole episode i watched was just about turtle chasing down sneakers I, I, frankly i don't understand like how much these uh sell for over over 100 bucks probably i'm oh, guessing way over yeah 100. i mean limited runs i think go over like a thousand boy i'm so naive i'm like oh these shoes cost 70 dollars. i'm i'm uh, like uncle Pennybags over here with these expensive shoes i have a friend who know uh like is a big sneaker guy who i would ask about like oh is this a famous sneaker uh like uh, though I also know sneakerheads because uh, in the pro wrestling world, Vince McMahon's son, Shane McMahon, uh, th thanks to being a very rich person, also collects sneakers. And so every time he would wrestle a match, Shane McMahon would show off like, yeah, I got the newest uh, Air Jordans. Look at this limited edition. He'd do like his basically his sneaker show off shuffle would be part of his <laughs> entrance every time. I like the, uh, the phrase sneaker show off shuffle. <laughs> it's good. And I guess our last bit of news uh, for Simpsons is that it's not really Simpsons news, but there is a uh, new meme that's sweeping the nation. Uh, of course, it's a take on the steam ham memes. And uh, you think that crested like in 2018 or whatever, but there is still new stuff coming out. I think last time we talked about the Lego one. Yeah, and yeah. this time there is a take on me uh, version of it, the famous aha music video take on me. It's a steam hams variant of that. It's not quite as, as extensive as I thought it would be, but the stuff where they replace the, uh, the woman in the video with Skinner is very uh, well 
well done, I will say. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a quality meme. I was I was hoping to see more viral stuff from the Simpsons world, but the only other one I saw was like an Instagram account that was taking screenshots from the Simpsons and then it was like, "Oh, this is like an album cover or something." But I I was like, "Yeah, rock albums boring. Classic 80s music video like Take on Me that I'm into." Uh, but yeah, it was not not as much virality this uh, this uh, July as there was before. Yeah, we need another. Let's have like five years pass before the next steamed hams renaissance. <laughs> uh, what shouldn't there be a new steamed hams thing? Like I for a couple months we had the Homer kicking in the door like bark. Oh god, yeah. yeah. What is the new thing? I, I just remember like uh, almost two years ago now when Bill Oakley was at our Halloween live show. Like we said, is it the end of steam hams? Like he declared it the end of steam hams. Like but then he said like I am personally done with it but people can just do whatever they want with it <laughs> uh he's over steamed hams but yeah. uh, though i mean he's still steaming a good ham all the time on his instagram with some tasty looking food it is true check out our uh, interview with them yeah he's uh he inspired my air fryer purchase which i still use i use responsibly though <laughs> i'm on a better diet now but uh, but every now and then i'm like boy it would be nice to air fry up a, a chicken right now that bill oakley is a bad influence <laughs> i don't want you hanging around him uh so uh not simpsons but this month we saw news of two revivals that mm-hmm. I want to say that we were responsible for because we podcasted about them. So uh, Beavis and Butthead are coming back to Comedy Central and then Clone High is coming back to somewhere. I think Comedy Central also okay. or MTV. Uh, it's one, but I mean, it's it's digital. It's not on a channel. Like, you know, these are all just to be sold digitally. But. And of course, Bill and Josh are trying to sell uh, Gus and Wally, a Mission Hill sequel series that takes place in not just 2000, but in many different periods of Mission Hill. Yeah, we learned a lot more about their pitch for that and their hopes to make it happen in our uh, Bill and Josh interview we did. It was a lot of fun, and I I really hope it happens. Uh, but it it was strange. I mean, so look, we did our Clone High one like uh, we're closing in on two years since oh, I God, think it was yeah. December 2018. Uh, but but for Beavis and Butthead, we had just done the previous revival of it and talked about like, well, you know, there's teas that they might revive it again. Who knows? But now. I uh, I think animated things are happening much uh, projects are getting greenlit a lot faster than before at least for a popular you know old thing is getting another new chance and it might be harder to sell your new idea if you're not my judge to a company to do animation but yeah I, I really want more King of the Hill because Beavis and Butt had already got a reboot but I'll take more and I was reading like it was being misreported that it was going to like age up the characters or oh, whatever really? I but that. that's unclear I, I don't think they were I don't think they would do that they so need I, to be timeless yeah they should, uh, that's like aging up Bugs Bunny who, who just turned 80 the day we're recording this if, if they are going to do it again just do what you did on MTV TV just like here's more of them being these timeless characters in this kind of like vaguely non-specific time period honestly i still hope it's in square def uh a square frame still hd animation but a square frame it needs to be that but yeah there's no there's no news about like what it's going to be but Mm -hmm. i don't think mike judge would want to tamper with the formula that much and I can't believe it took this long to get Lord and Miller to get uh, get Clone High to come back, like because they uh, they are the wunderkinds of hmm. Hollywood. Like they, after Spider Man into the Spider Verse, especially, I would have thought Clone High would have been renewed even sooner. But if you like the character of Gandhi, uh, yeah. he might. I, I assume they're going to recast that guy in a similar role or something just hmm. to get his voice. Like Kevin is Kevin McDonald, not Kevin McDonald. Uh, oh. 
Yeah, Michael McDonald, who played uh, Gandhi in the series. Yeah, yeah. You know, before I think they had said, oh, he'll be put in, his brain will be transferred to a new body. He (laughs) won't be in Gandhi's body anymore. A non-controversial. I was just re-watching some episodes after the announcement. I was like, man, I can't believe they even got away with uh, Jesus Cristo even once in this (laughs) show. Oh, right. He will not be returning. Uh, But yeah, I, I hope they can at least keep Michael McDonald too, because that character talking to god like the the best hyper friendly best friend character for abe is needed he need abe needs a very, that guy a very to talk small to. friend too they're just yeah. so funny in the same frame with each other uh though also i hope they don't even address the massive cliffhanger of the original series i hope they just go like you know what nah never mind didn't happen or everybody goes like boy that was pretty crazy anyway uh, who knows what other revivals we're going to get, especially animation-wise with, you know, uh, physical productions of TV shows. Very limited right now by comparison. And I, I hope Bill and Josh, they're making every phone call they can to, <laughs> to HBO Max. I see what things are being picked up. Gus and Wally needs to be picked up right? immediately. Right. Uh, we, we put as much juice behind it as we can. And we hope we hope we did a little to help with it. So uh, we are now announcing our own news right now. And up front, uh, because we are working way ahead on things and because we have nothing else to do, we can't go anywhere, we can't really do anything else, we are going to be doing the poll for the Fall 2020 miniseries very, very soon. And up front, I can announce what all of those series will be. Oh, boy. So we have uh, Daria season one. We covered the season finale already, season one finale. We can do the first 12 episodes of that. Uh, for another choice, we have Duckman. Instead of going from the beginning, we're going to choose 10 of our favorite episodes of Duckman and talk about them. And uh, we also have uh, returning champions, Futurama and King of the Hill. So Futurama season two, part two, and then King of the Hill season two, part one. So no matter what we decide on, or sorry, no matter what you decide on, there yes. will be a 10 episode miniseries coming at you in the fall of 2020. Uh, Mission Hill was a bit longer of a miniseries. It's actually like 15 episodes yes yeah thanks to the uh bonus episode and the uh the the unproduced ones and then the interview ended up being a lot longer but but yeah this would be 10 or 12 if we do daria but uh, yeah you know in the past we had the rule of like alternate king of the hill or futurama but that was because we didn't want to repeat a winner but because mission hill actually beat king of the hill it ends up being king of the hill or futurama i mean duckman everybody loved our duckman what a cartoon as well so hey maybe duckman or daria has a chance of winning it too uh but uh it's up to you listener to to (laughs) make your voices heard on it no matter what happens i'll be happy and the series will probably be wrapped by the end of uh, august recording wise uh yeah i think so probably even though you won't hear it till october yeah mid-october yeah yeah (laughs) uh but uh but yeah i'm looking forward to it so that you guys can vote in that poll and it'll be after our movie poll is over mm-hmm. so it'll be at the uh, the start of august but we also are still doing our what a cartoon movie poll for september movie at the start of august and uh and that theme actually was picked by bob it's gonna be a bob one so what what what, what are these movies oh i guess we're announcing this up front oh let's tell the folks oh sure yeah, sure yeah. so it's going to be the oh it's in the notes here i'm sorry it's going to be uh, direct to video D- uh, disney movies so i believe this was a, a poll in the past and i, I forget 
forget what one was it uh i oh we had we did direct to video movies but it wasn't only disney movies this is the first time it's only disney movies got it so we have uh tiny tunes won that tiny tunes won that one so that was a year ago so return of jafar an extremely goofy movie uh the lion king 2 and beauty and the beast 2 the enchanted christmas so any one of those could be our uh, september 2020 movie and that poll will be hitting very soon again we're working way ahead of time we've actually are recording our ghost in the shell podcast tomorrow yeah so you'll hear that in about four weeks <laughs> and uh yeah a couple of sequels in there we've done aladdin we've done goofy movie and then we've got uh two sequels of some disney classics i i am also interested to see what the folks are going to pick with that one and yeah we're, it's to keep us far ahead in the recording we we are up to october with our recordings yes. now of the regular episode part of it is because uh, we have a lot of time but part of it is because uh when i am allowed to leave when canada says welcome bob mackie please uh meet your wife at the border i will go and i will have to stay there for a bit so we want to be prepared mm. for that uh, my absence and uh, we have worked very far ahead to make sure that's uh, gonna happen oh yeah yeah oh but yeah i mean i guess uh talking about the old mini mini series though let's uh it was but let's i guess reflect on that old mini series right mission hill yeah yeah uh, yeah i i i actually wasn't sure how i'd feel about going through it because i had not visited the series in uh, over a decade and i was like kind of lukewarm on it but going through it again it really grew on me a lot more now i am a huge fan of the series and it was fun to for the first time go into the the uh the non-produced episodes and also to do that wrap-up interview with bill and josh just a specific interview all about mission hill and it was lots of fun lots of fun info about the possible sequel series and lots of new secrets coming out about it yeah uh, you know, going back to it in those first episodes, you could I could see the flaws. There were a few episodes like, oh, I remember this is better than I thought. Like, but but as the series goes, it finds its legs so fast. Like most first seasons of animated shows aren't as good as this. And I think the what Bill and Josh made was was just growing and, and those original unproduced scripts, they show so much promise of what was to come and what they were gonna create. And and yeah, it was uh, so cool to finally you know, we've, we've interviewed them separately so many times, but to get Bill and Josh yeah, together, together. They, they have such a specific chemistry of, you know, guys who have been friends for almost four decades now. That interview was like months in the making, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially uh, Bill and Josh are both busy guys, but Josh especially is like showrunner on Disenchantment. He's a, a busy, busy man. But, but I we, think we, we had a scoop on that that no one reported on where that was the first time I've heard anyone say when the next season was coming, even vaguely oh yeah so josh yeah. said winter of next year that's right so yeah. uh where, where are the news stories talking <laughs> simpsons breaks this news no one's reporting on it. i'm very disappointed in all of you uh well we you know we should tweet that out in our next when it goes on the free feed we're gonna we should promote that too i was yeah. surprised he said anything yeah so uh yeah he didn't say cut that out or anything so yeah we had the scoop on that uh and and also just the scoop on like the gus and wally show conceptually what they want like they they gave us way more they've talked about it online in other places but they gave us lots more details and also just just hearing you know both of them were definitely disappointed in how it turned out but hearing bill's extreme like fuck you (laughs) wb you don't exist anymore (laughs) like that was so i loved his passion after after the interview bill uh said i hope i didn't say the word fuck too much and we're (laughs) like no people want to hear your anger because we're all angry yeah just to think i that's again the huge tragedy of it 
that they ordered 13 full episodes of that show at the WB. Millions of dollars, all those man hours, the life, uh, the the years of life that Bill and Josh and other and uh, everyone else put into that. And then after two weeks, they're like, nah. We nah. decided you don't have a future here. <laughs> Nobody else can see this until Adult Swim like needs content. I don't so. recall saying good luck. <laughs> uh, so yes, that was lots of fun. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed, uh, you know, being the producer on that. And of course, Mandy mm-hmm. did great uh, work on the covers and Alan oh, yeah. did great editing on that. So it was a nice collaborative effort there for everybody. T- tons of great work on that one. And I, uh, yeah, I think, I think it is my favorite miniseries we've done. I think it is. And we were on uh, in other media. So we're, yeah. we're branching out the Talking Simpsons brand and, and we were recently on an episode of Michael and Us about our time in the games press. Please check that out. I believe it's uh, free to listen to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you guys heard our Michael and Us one where we uh, chatted with them about the Simpsons movie, this is even more direct because, you know, they, as a side topic, Luke Savage, the co-host, just was talking about like, oh, I hear bad stuff about freelancing in the games press. And then uh, I contacted him as soon as possible. Like, oh my God, the stories I could tell you, me and Bob have so much to say about that. And so he's like, well, hell, let's do it as a podcast. That was lots of fun. Then when it was over, I was like, I had so much more I could have said. When it was over, I was like, was that an hour already? Yeah. Uh, I barely even touched on the uh, my biggest gripes with the <laughs> games press and why, uh, why we're out of that. But... I guess we were also in a positive video game thing as well. Instead yes. Of just negative. Uh, so our buddy Matt McMuscles does a lot of fun videos on YouTube. And one of his most recent ones is called, uh, it's it's a, it's a playthrough of the uh, hit and run game. Yes. the I believe the official name of the series is Simpsons oh, Reference. I, I, that's what it was in my head. But I wasn't sure if that was correct. But it's him going through it. Not like a, a straight playthrough, but just like the highlights of it and how it like both conflicts with Simpsons reality and also meshes with it. Mm-hmm. And we make an appearance in, I believe, the second video. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The, we won't spoil it, but it's fun to check out. Uh, and and it also like he he's doing a thorough playthrough of it, but he just skips the boring stuff. Like you're not watching a direct playthrough; it's a heavily edited one, and it's a it's a real fun way to re-experience Hit and Run, a game which uh, honestly should have a an HD re-release, but probably never will. If they bring back that SpongeBob game, bring back this game too. Uh, you know, yeah, I guess that shows that like Nickelodeon was more ready to deal with the people who bought all the thq stuff instead of uh i would guess yeah ea put it out but it was with an old company it's it's all very complicated but it's a fun video and we uh big thanks to matt mcmuscles for inviting us on we got to have him back on sometime always a treat with him uh so what else is going on here so up next in uh, August for What a Cartoon we have a lot of great stuff and varied stuff as well so we have up front uh, the first week Ranma one half, uh, School is a Battlefield, Ranma versus Ryoga, so a classic anime for us 90s anime fans uh, mm-hmm. with a special guest. Uh, then we have the pilot for Korgoth of Barbaria, a super fun, super expensive Adult Swim pilot, never made into a proper series. We had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, and then we return to Gargoyles for the episode Eye of the Beholder, and uh, love going back into that. You had a lot of new information about the series, Henry, for oh, the history yeah. of that. And then uh, we have another Ren and Stimpy episode so we have uh the royal canadian kilted yaksman and i will give away the guest on that one is someone who worked on the show mm-hmm. and it's not john chris felusi so you no. can no, keep no, us no. in your feed yes yeah <laughs> he's dead pro- to us too <laughs> we promise it's not john k yeah no, it's uh it, it's actually quite a star-studded month of, it is uh, yeah it's other uh we don't have a guest on korgoth but on ronma and gargoyles we also have guests too it's uh it's a big month I mean, the Ranma one is a lot of fun because we get to reflect on 90s 
anime culture with a big time expert on that world as well. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, just so you know, Ron One Half that's on Hulu. You can watch it on Hulu. Korgoth of Barbaria just on YouTube. Gargoyles Eye of the Beholder Disney Plus. Red and Stimpy is a little more complicated. I know it's on Prime. You I, can like buy the episode on like YouTube and Prime and Apple TV or whatever. Like it's available a la carte in a bunch of places if you want to watch it. Also, I mean, if you were to just search the name of the show and streaming, you might find some other results yeah, too. <laughs> you might have to go to Russia though. <laughs> and and also then we end the month with our movie as usual, the Ghost in Ghost in the Shell. The ghost in the show the ghost that the ghost of the <laughs> show uh with the 1995 version i'm gonna tell you right now we're not doing 2.0 don't yeah. waste your time with 2.0 and uh the original version is free on youtube legally yes yeah at, at the very least in the u.s territories i i don't know what your vpn is gonna do for you but in the u.s at least ghost in the shell uh, is free with ads on youtube or you can buy it rental on some places the uh the 2.0 blu-ray i will say does at least have the original film on there as well so lots of ways to watch the 1995 Ghost in the Shell film. So an exciting five Monday month of uh, What a Cartoon coming your way. And I guess this is the part of the podcast where we talk about ourselves and our personal lives and what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, uh, time is passing in a very strange manner here. I just realized that, uh, I mean, like, time is so bizarre right now for us uh, especially because we're working from home and it's extra bizarre because we're in the bay area where there's really no seasons yeah. so it feels like uh both uh, it feels like a thousand years have passed and also no time has passed so it's like this weird <laughs> limbo state we're in so it's been very strange for me at least yeah i mean today feels basically the same as like march 23rd to me yeah <laughs> i'd uh it just keeps on going we i i you know I, this, these days i feel good to not live in the humid south anymore that's a plus yes yeah. uh, it's been very it's been very uh the weather's always nice here so that's mm -hmm. that's a huge plus for being stuck inside uh and uh you know i i'm at least uh, i think we're both being at least as active as we can to not just recording together but also like i take a walk every day i've been mm -hmm. doing a lot of ring fit I've, I've lost a little weight it's been nice but uh, uh yeah i've been taking this uh opportunity uh being apart from my fiance and being stuck home alone to get in massively good shape so I've been walking uh, between three to five miles a day for the past five months. And then uh, ring fit was too much of a pain in the ass because I had to like move everything around in my living room to do it. <laughs> so now I've been lifting weights for the past two months. So the next nice. time you see me, I'm going to crush your head. <laughs> you're a jock. Body combo. slam you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're looking good. You're looking oh, good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, so at least, I mean, at least we're staying productive in this time. But uh, I've, as, as for me of stuff I've been like watching and enjoying outside of uh things done for the podcast i've i've watched a lot of stuff honestly thanks to uh why well, so i watched that new show close enough i watched a couple episodes of that that was a crazy thing to find out from reading this is like in official news stories jg quintel the creator shows up front about and also bill oakley worked on that show in, in like a consulting capacity that show was originally made to be 22 minutes they fully finished 22 minute episodes of the show and then tbs is like cut it down to 11 so 11 minutes of finished color animation cut from most episodes of that show sounds insane to me and it's not like that animation went anywhere it's just yeah, gone just gone i uh i mean in, in interviews i saw quintel saying like 
eh, they flow better. They're fine. It's mm. good. But yeah, I, I just want like it feel. I mean, I guess it was going to be part of some cartoon programming block, and that just never happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There was a Louis C.K. show that was integral to that block that uh, got canceled in 2017. A lot of things uh, about him are getting canceled. <laughs> uh, and also this month, I watched thanks to uh, we're not doing Garfield and Friends just yet, but we in September there's a podcast that is related to Garfield and Friends and uh, through producers on it and it made me like oh, i want to watch some old Gar- garfield and friends on verve and it's it's good i wish it wasn't cropped on t on verve but it's how jim davis wanted to do it i guess and it has that like weird altered opening that like redoes yes, the logo or yeah. whatever that's so bizarre uh, yeah that they, they redo it all so it looks hd or widescreen and i suppose but it's just so weird to see a flashy version of the old film roman animation i love and i also uh i watched some interesting animes these this month i watched the first couple episodes of that brand new animal show from uh studio trigger yeah on it's, it's one of two furry animes and it's the one i'm more interested in it's not as horny as b stars <laughs> uh though which is shocking to say about a trigger show though it is a little little horny uh but it but it's cute uh though it also is like just like Beastars, it feels like it was produced after Zootopia came out. And they're like, huh, race relations through animal people. Yeah, they, right. they both seem so directly inspired by Zootopia. Yeah, though at least, you know, BNA, the character designs are super cute. It's an adorable looking world. Uh, but I'll, I'll admit it didn't it didn't catch me enough to want to watch the other 10 episodes instantly of it. Uh, but another show I got into out of nowhere was Omamatsu-kun. I got it because, so I was reading the new Naoki Urasawa comic, uh, Muji Urushi, The Sign of Dreams, and in that, there's a character that just is the Iyami character from Osamatsu, and so I was like, boy, I feel like I need to know who this guy is to get what this comic's about, Uh, and then to my surprise, I found out that, uh, in the United States at least, the 80s series of Osamatsu-kun, and the, which really stars Yami, the weird weirdo guy with giant buck teeth and a mustache. pencil mustache, who goes, she! Uh, that is just on Prime Video. So I watched a couple episodes of How it. How much of that is there? 87 episodes. I knew episodes. there was a lot, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is 80s anime as hell, which I love. Just a gag cartoon. It's uh, I watched a couple episodes of it. It's a lot of fun. And now... Now I understand why Japan loves Ayami. What a fun, fun huckster character he is. Uh, and also, I started watching some stuff on Peacock TV. What, like, so do you sign up for that? What's the deal? This is the free to watch version. Okay. You do have to give them your email, but it's just free with ads though how bad how bad are these ads what we're we talking um, about here and they're like hulu ads like okay. to a minute or two here i would know i'm a hulu pro <laughs> uh, man myself oh no i i never want to go back to ads on hulu but i i won't give peacock that money just yet i uh but you can't watch like the good stuff they have a brand new show that's like uh, their big prestige show is Brave New World. They want that to be their Sopranos based on the Aldous Huxley book. If you go in the free version, you get to watch weird stuff, which uh, mm. includes uh, from the cartoon space. They're like, 
I guess we do own Exo Squad, don't we? Well, let's just put it there. Let's have the new adventures of He-Man and Felix. It's like they're going through the garage. Like, we have this? We own this? Uh, if you want to watch an ugly transfer of the Savage Dragon cartoon that Jim oh. Cummings did the voice for, uh, you it's all there, every episode of it. It's like you're on watching the USA uh, Cartoon Express as an adult on, on Peacock TV. Also on Tubi... <laughs> so i bought a new tv and i was like oh what's this tubi app and that's also free tv shows with ads so i watched a couple elves on there man tubi and pluto uh, seem to have all of this like weird stuff on them it must i wonder if they have like some weird contractual loophole that they can show um syndicated things that other net uh, that other streamers can't get it's just it's weird how they have alf and alf isn't on other stuff but i wanted to watch just a random episode of alf and i saw there was a two-parter that was a tonight show parody that's just filmed on the set of tonight show with alf there talking to ed <laughs> mcmahon which is why they would do an alf talk show of it oh a thousand percent algene and mike reese wrote that episode am i correct you are absolutely correct okay it is, and if you watch those two episodes, everything makes sense about Algie and Mike Reese's career. Everything they did on Simpsons. It's a proto Simpsons episode. It is a clip show. Basically, it's the Tonight Show with Al for an hour hosting clips from his show. Huh. So, uh, and it's it's where he was doing his Karnak. And when he does the Saint Elsewhere gag, I'm like, I know that joke because Al Jean and Mike Reese say it on their commentary. Yeah, like famously, Johnny Carson had them write like too many jokes and would only use like 5% of them. So they just kept the jokes yes. to use elsewhere. Uh, so if you want to like see proto Simpsons content, at least look up those Tonight Show episodes of ALF. And sorry, real quick, the last stuff I was doing this month, I started listening to the audiobook for Disney War, which is like the book about the Katzenberg-Eisner stuff. Because we, we talk about it so much on these things, I was like, I should probably just read Disney War. But I've instead, meaning, I listen to the audiobook. I've been meaning to read it. actually meaning to get a new Kindle because I've had the same Kindle for like a decade and oh. it still works. But I'm wow. like, I wonder what features I'm not uh, you know able to access with this uh, 2010 Kindle. I have a nice tablet that it does a Kindle app pretty well. But I mean, you, I, well, the, the, I know Kindle, it's the paper-like yeah. color to it. Is, I like is part of the, the, uh, the e-ink. It's easier to read stuff when it's not like a screen like that's a bright true. screen yeah yeah why well, that's also why i was like yeah i just want to listen to the audiobook version of it which uh is easy to listen to while playing paper mario uh, you're gonna miss all those delicious tunes though right Ah, <laughs> uh, you know i can hear them they, <laughs> they fall into the background eventually but the the disney war book is really interesting except it's so much like uh it, they're so because a lot of it was revealed through lawsuits it's a lot of just like reading memos verbatim <laughs> out loud lots of depositions so many depositions it's just like and then michael ovitz said this in this message and then this like you uh, it's it's more of a treat every hour or so in the audiobook they go and while working on toy story john lassiter did this or uh i will say for a book produced in like i think 2006 every now and then it's like and of course J jeffrey katzenberg had to work with the weinsteins and buy no. beer max i'm like oh god <laughs> oh boy <laughs> there's there's a few canceled voice names that come up in there but uh but i'm learning a lot about honestly i'm not learning anything we didn't you didn't talk about a black cauldron but it's just a slight deepening of information yeah, just more context yeah. more any more uh, jeffrey katzenberg horror stories coming out um there was a story about how eisner 
basically Katzenberg is a little bully who wanted to be in charge and was mad that Eisner was his bigger brother. And once he got away from Eisner, he could be the the biggest asshole in the world. He already was a big asshole. There's there's a funny story that the animators love to tell about Katzenberg seeing the design of the roof in beauty and the beast and him saying like no make it look make it look french like botticelli (laughs) okay botticelli french like and also there was a story i had not heard if you see waking sleeping beauty there's some funny caricatures of katzenberg that are in there but there was an R-rated one that it didn't make the cut in the movie. Oh, I uh, bet there are several of those. The one the book mentions that the artist really loved was they drew a thing. It's it is a meeting of all the guys in animation with Jeffrey Katzenberg, where they all have their dicks whipped out, <laughs> and Jeffrey Katzenberg's is about half a pinky long, and Katzenberg says, "Who's his biggest? Yours is, Mr. Katzenberg. Yours is." <laughs> Uh, too bad that was not in Waking Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, and and also I'm playing a bunch of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but honestly, I barely want to. I I want to finish it because I'm like I played 40 hours of this. I I should finish it, but I don't. Uh, uh, Ubisoft sounds like such a rotten company right now. I I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like like learning about the company culture explains like oh, this is why I never like these games. Mm-hmm, like I think the culture mm-hmm. also the horrible toxic culture also informs like the kind of things they make. Totally, and it I'm comes like. I never like these things. Well, like the game I'm playing now, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I was enjoying in the ways I enjoyed old Assassin's Creeds. Uh, one thing I liked, I actually liked about it was the dude you play as. It's the most gay I can be in a game ever, like <laughs> or a major game like this. There are romance angles, like most very video gamey. But I actually had like my character got to have sex with three other men in Whoa. the story, which like never heard of. That I was before. not expect that from Assassin's Creed. But then as I'm playing it, it turns it's it is released that the reason you can be a man or a woman in the game is because a producer was pushing very hard to have this be the first Assassin's Creed. That it stars a woman and the top boss who has now been resigned from the company <laughs> he was like you have to play as a straight white ma- alpha male that's who you star in a game if you want to play as a woman in this you also have to be able to pick a guy you can't say you're just a woman in the game so that's a bummer to mm. know about a game I'm enjoying. Uh, but yeah, so a busy month of me enjoying content, uh, probably because I bought a new TV. I have not been watching that much stuff, actually. So the things I was watching last month, I'm at the, I'm at the end of one of them and like in the midpoint. So Lupin, the third part four, the Italian uh, series. Mm-hmm. Really cool. I'm, I have two more episodes to go. Like there's a Japanese finale. It ends in tw- it ends on twenty four in the Japanese run, but then there's like two more episodes that ran in Italy. Oh, so like I feel like it was co produced in Italy, and Nina had the theory uh, that like maybe it's just like a f- to support tourism or whatever. Like, oh, come to Italy, look how much fun Lupin's having. I would bet it. You know, maybe it was underwritten by the uh, Italian tourism board. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd- yeah, it premiered in Italy first. The uh, the oh, series. Yeah, I, that. I mean, I know Italy loves Lupin. Like it was, they got Lupin cartoons way before we did. Europe in general 
general did. Yeah, but really recommend that. It will be a future episode. I thought of an episode that'd be perfect for it. Awesome. I and look uh, to that. yeah, definitely check it out. It's it's so cool. I'm kind of upset that the the fifth series didn't use the same style, which is a throwback to the '70s stuff. Yeah. But yeah. whatever. I'm sure it's still very good, and I'm happy that they're they're making new ones. Um. Also, Avatar just finished book one, so oh, nice. a third of the way through that series, and that's what the that's what the entire uh, M Night Shyamalan movie covers is book one. Oh, okay. I I which I've never I, seen. I, no, I I haven't wanted to. The I you have to refer to it as Last Airbender. Oh, usually, right, right. Avatar overtook it. My. Uh, that reminds me of a who's on first conversation I have with my husband this month where he's like hey maybe we should start Avatar and I remember my husband had previously said to me he kind of wants to never see the James Cameron Avatar just to never like he's like you know what I'm I want with to him never I've it. never seen it so but I thought he was saying like hey let's start watching Avatar I was like you want to watch that movie I thought <laughs> you never wanted to and and then he corrected me yes it's the airbendy yeah. one so yeah uh, watching those two uh, gonna move on to one of our patron picks next uh i don't want to spoil that september oh, episode oh yes yeah i should watch the rest of that too yeah that september at podcast but yeah so playing uh this has been a real like summer of gaming for me it's like You've what do i gaming it up what do i do when i'm uh have no access to uh any sort of partner and i'm very lonely oh play video games <laughs> so uh so i finished i keep track of the of what games i finished and i'm really into finishing games lately so i've finished 20 games this year wow 20 video yeah. games and i'm playing I I finished too. <laughs> so many things uh the the trick is to play games that are like five to eight hours and you uh, can actually okay. finish them i'm at i am at 64 hours in assassin's creed odyssey so 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 uh, currently playing Deadly Premonition 2, really cool uh, patch came out that made the frame rate a little better. It's still bad, but uh, I'm slowly working my way through that and I really like it. Other games playing uh, Death Come True. That is a full motion video game by the creator and director of the Danganronpa series. Oh, that's um, cool. I hadn't heard of this. Really cool. It's kind of a sleeper hit game. Uh, check it out. If you want to play it, it takes like two hours. And I had a oh. very, very satisfying experience with that game. Man, I think I'll get that. Also, some indie games like uh, The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa that's a couple years old at this point but it's a sort of chill hangout version of River City Ransom where the focus isn't as much on fighting as it is on like going to class and working at jobs and stuff like that. Oh, so that's I, super cool. I finished that this month also currently playing a game called uh, Treachery in Beatdown City a very obscure game. It's on Steam it is a double dragon style action RPG with a really cool combat system. Oh yeah. wow that's cool man that's well that's interesting because that Ringo Ishikawa thing that, all, that also sounds like that a double dragon style rpg they come from the same like uh source material so yeah that's, that's actually cool. on switch well, ringo ishikawa is actually on switch oh really yeah. oh man i'm really gonna uh i know that ringo is japanese for apple is there oh. apple stuff in it or uh, no? i don't recall any apples or oh, beetles in okay. the game uh but yeah so there's that i'm playing through the no more heroes series because i'm doing a podcast about that i just refinished the refinish replayed the first game currently playing the second game and the recent travis strikes back that, and that no getting no more heroes is not easy for you too. Uh, I had to ask for it online, and someone nicely sent it to me. I'm sending it back to them, but oh, that's uh, sweet. That's a nice sweet. Retronauts fan sent the games to me, and also I even know where my Wii U is. Even to play I, it. I treasure my Wii U. It has so much <laughs> old software on it. And also, uh, with my fiance Nina, we're plugging away at the the most recent uh, Final Fantasy 14 expansion, Shadowbringers. Having so much fun with that. It's my favorite expansion to the series so far. Really enjoying that one. I gotta give that a little more play. I should. Uh, I I did a couple hours of it, but then. Uh, 
you know, my my husband is super into it. I should. He was telling me like, well, wait for that. You you said it too. Wait for the big update. Yeah, that's yeah. actually coming August 11th. So August you're not too to, far oh, away from awesome. it. Yeah. All so right. a lot of games, and I have so many games I want to play, and I have so many things I bought in the Steam sale. So I'll be good on games for the next. If uh, if I don't go anywhere, I can play games for the next decade and never run out of games. <laughs> uh, those all those Steam sales are just like you. You find out. Oh, I already bought that. I already I own that. Believe I have like 500 games on Steam. So My goodness, uh, yeah. Man, I mean, I never. I basically never play PC games, and yet I own like <laughs> I own 50 games on there. I think in my library. I, unless unless it's a very special game, I don't want a plastic case in my apartment. Get it uh, out of here. I get that. Uh, meanwhile, I look at all my plastic cases of more Blu-rays I bought this month. Hey, so, uh, some tastes may vary. I'm I'm not, I'm not a case fan anymore. I I did buy a bunch of Gundam anime, but I haven't watched it yet. But uh, that was part of my. Uh, there was a big sale on right stuff. I just couldn't. Resist. You could just call it research. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do another Gundam one one of these days. So up next, we have Talking Simpsons comments, and the first one is for EIEI Doe, and uh, Joe Hodgson says, Marge certainly gets dumped on quite a bit in this episode, but I also think some of the digs on her were also digs against mincemeat pies. The absolute worst of the pies. I had an aunt who liked canning things, and for some reason, I remember she gave us a couple of jars of mincemeat filling. Anytime I opened the cabinets for some snacks, I saw what looked like two jars of diarrhea staring <laughs> back at me. Those jars were never opened, and at some point wound up in the trash. No one was willing to dump them and rinse them to put in the recycling. I'm a little surprised at some of the hate that seems to get directed at this episode. Season 11 is pretty uneven, though I think it's much better than 10, but it's at its best when the plot is just joke after joke and there's a sense of chaos. This episode certainly qualifies as the setup is ludicrous, as are basically all the devices that advance the plot. Tastes like grandma might be the line of the season. <laughs> there's some garbage to come this season, but I never considered this episode among the trash. And uh, yes, agreed on all counts. I, you know, I learned fairly recently that I've never had a mincemeat pie. I haven't I thought either. they were meat pies, but it's mincemeat is fruit. Oh, uh, I didn't know that until yeah, now. I, I learned that from a Binging with Babish video. What, what do you do to the fruit to make it look like that? You chop up a bunch of fruit and mix it with nuts. It sounds like mm. bullshit, honestly. The, I, uh, that great Binging with Babish YouTube video series, they talk about the... He makes mincemeat pies because uh, he was making a giant meal that was every food mentioned in the Lord of the Rings films. And uh, it looked like quite a great pile of them including englishy food like mincemeat pie hmm. uh also on yeah yeah dough paul george gyo says that's the best i'm gonna do on that name all right paul george george gyo says the moment the cow said to mako that lost my brother quoting henry wow i was nine when i saw this and i had the exact same reaction i truly had a strong reaction to the cow breaking in through the wall and remember that as the first time i recognized simpsons could falter in quality i think it's true that matt graining rules really worked wonders in making the show what it is and for the type of person that i am one that really gets drawn into the reality of the animated world graining's rules really were the glue for this show so yeah mm. paul agrees with my younger brother not into the uh, an animal screaming tobacco. And I mean, I guess we're gonna get to the uh, the jockeys pretty soon. The underground world of jockeys. Oh, yeah. That's a, that, they, that crossed a bigger line for me. Yeah, the tobacco. You know, maybe in this season it would have been let. We'd remember the tobacco more if the jockeys that live in their own elfin world and will eat your brains. If that didn't exist. But, I mean, what about uh, Santa's little hooper saying, "We love you." Yeah. That that's uh i i do love that i joke. love that yeah. joke so much <laughs> even and also in the same season 
Santa's little helpers. Chewie? Yeah. That's pretty good. Lots too. of animals talking yeah. in this season. <laughs> uh, so up next, we have Hello Gutter, Hello Fodder, and Stephen uh, C. Nadell says, Itchy and Scratchy being on Springfield Squares does bother me a little, but in my head canon, I just assume they're actors capering in Itchy and Scratchy costumes, maybe veterans from Itchy and Scratchy land. Hollywood Squares has a bunch of more versions. The 70s had a kid's version called Storybook Squares, where the celebrities dress as various historical and fictional characters, such as Paul Lind as Frankenstein's monster. Oh, nice. Uh, sometimes they even reprise famous roles like William Shatner appearing as Captain Kirk. Probably his only in-character live-action appearance between the original series and uh, STTMP. Oh, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Thank you. Citation <laughs> needed, of course. Uh, in the early 80s, there was the match game Hollywood uh, Squares Hour with Grandpa Simpson's favorite presidential writing candidate, John. Bowser Bauman as the host for Hollywood Squares section. But I'm really surprised you didn't bring up the late 80s Hollywood Squares revival hosted by John Davidson, aside from being the inspiration for the first Springfield Squares appearance since they would sometimes film on the beaches of Hollywood, Florida for some weeks. Alf was occasionally the center square. Oh, okay. I, I forgot that. Yeah, that's... Uh, well, Alf was even in the ni- late 90s one. It was like Alf will appear wherever Paul Fusco is invited, honestly. He's At like, some point, the call <laughs> stopped coming, though. I'll pull Alf out of storage. He he was just uh, last month making fun of Jeff Keeley in a uh, the video for some video game announcement. Thing. I liked how savage Alf was being. Yeah, he's like, you've been dead since you did the Doritos Pope. It looks to me like your career red ringed. Huh? <laughs> Good old, good old Alf. He, he didn't actually still, say that. Uh, he said, we were, we're writing more jokes for yeah. Alf here. Hey, but. Paul Fusco, uh, I can freelance me. Come on. How can there not be an Alf? Also, boy, it, well, maybe not by the end of 2020, but Alf Tales would be another fun one of cartoon. Mm. We've been talking about it before. You've heard of DuckTales. <laughs> uh, that is also anime as well. A TMS produced show. But also on Hello Gutter, Hello Fodder, Joe Moore said in the comments, backstory for this, I had read that in the BBC era of this episode they had deleted the suicide attempt and i asked a british i asked british listeners if they could share any knowledge of that if that was true joe moore helpfully chimed in and said Yes, The Simpsons has always been first run on cable satellite channel Sky One, and then rerun started appearing on main terrestrial channel BBC two years later. Channel 4 took over from BBC, but Sky still had them first. I don't ever remember this suicide scene being cut, though. When BBC started showing the reruns, Sky would broadcast ads claiming that the new episodes wouldn't be seen on BBC until four years later as a reason to keep your subscription. Oh, wow. I, I know I would have stayed subscribed to Sky One if it was like, I'll lose my Simpsons, or I got to wait four years to watch New That Simpsons. sounds like extortion. <laughs> when watching the BBC versions presented without commercials, I noticed that they were less censored than the Sky versions I'd been watching for years. Most of the cuts made to the Sky versions were sex-based. Abe telling Mona, you were a rotten wife and I'll never forgive you, jumped straight to the next scene without the, can we have sex, please, punchline. Weird. Similarly, in the Simpsons and Son, in the Simpson and Son nerve tonic episode, Abe says, "Unsatisfied sex life," but the scene ends after Homer replies, "Don't you say that word." Also, after Homer takes the tonic, the symbolic montage is skipped <laughs> entirely. One of the cuts I actually prefer is McBain "Let's Get Silly," which ends immediately after "That's the joke." Maybe Sky thought the Woody Allen part might get them in trouble. I'm not sure. 
I mean, we need that Woody Allen joke more than ever, don't we? Yeah, that was uh, that. Maybe it was seen as too savage then, and I certainly didn't get it in 1996. But uh, people need to be ten times more mean to Woody Allen. Uh, uh, let me tell you about a cool podcast I really like is Double Threat with Tom Sharpling and Julie Klausner. They did a listen along to Alec Baldwin interviewing Woody Allen, and it is oh. a very funny adventure into pure hell. Oh my god! It's it's unbelievably bad. It's a suck fest. It sounds like. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's Alec Baldwin complimenting Woody Allen to for twenty minutes long is as much as they could stand. To I thought to. Manhattan was captivating. Uh, and also, Alec Baldwin starts it with like there were these allegations. Uh, the court said it wasn't true, and I trust that. So. And it's like, of course, uh, you can tell that Alec Baldwin framed it through like, this was a bad divorce for Woody Allen. Like I like your bold Winkle voice for Alec Baldwin, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Please continue. Uh, no, I'm just no, like, no, that's it. <laughs> okay. I, I think he, isn't he a family court guy, uh, Alec Baldwin? He wrote a whole book oh, about right. how his, his, his uh, Kim Basinger fucked him over in family court. Which like, he's, he is a strong divorce dad. It's always worth it to the fathers. <laughs> uh, so up next we have uh, Eight Misbehaven and Chris Kohler was the guest on that. A, a father of two children, not eight. We, we, we still forgave him, so. <laughs> So, uh, Maybe he'll get up to eight with all of this free time. He's, yeah, uh, I would think two children is enough in, in quarantine. Time. You, you learn your lessons during quarantine. <laughs> uh, Alan says, uh, "I actually have a couple encounters with Butch Patrick in my life. For whatever reason, Butch Patrick is always a special guest at the Turkey Rod Run in Daytona Beach, Florida. The Turkey Rod Run is a giant hot rod show that takes up the entire inside of Daytona International Speedway every Thanksgiving. Butch Patrick is there every year to sign autographs for free, and the original Munster Mobile is there too. The strange." Strange thing is that they put mannequins of the original cast inside the Munster Mobile, which are a little creepy. Butch <laughs> seems nice and spends most of his day sitting in a folding chair half awake as old people tell him they love the Munsters. And yeah, the uh, this is Bob speaking. The turkey rod run seems like the perfect place for a Munster to be. Yeah, you'd expect like, oh yeah, Butch Patrick's here. That makes sense. Like, and he's he probably just lives in Florida and he's like, I'll sit around and take compliments from people who the the aging population of people who remember the Munsters. <laughs> I, I can just see like so many grandpas bringing like confused grandchildren up to him like see that's eddie munster who grandpa <laughs> eddie munster you uh, know the monsters <laughs> like oh no no that not the adams family the monsters very different uh, though then again i i scoff at that but if it was r.i.p adam west there with the batmobile i'd be like that oh my god the adam i would be homer just like in that episode uh also on eight misbehaving we got a comment from joe hodgson who says I would like to know where this episode ranks in terms of licensing costs. Oh, that question always comes to mind when I watch this because of all the licensed music. I think it's a safe assumption that modern episodes of the Simpsons aren't allowed to do this anymore. And I really do love the snarky Apu in this episode. He's been a, a, he's been snarky before Billy and the Clonosaurus, but he is in overdrive in this one. His lines are almost all gold. And I can't think of an Apu appearance after this one that comes close. Yeah, no way. And obviously there aren't going to be many more episodes of that to take the crown. I feel like this episode is the last time the monster, the monsters could be relevant. I remember my dad making me watch the show when I was a kid, but by the time the episode came, this episode came around, I think even Nick and Knight had moved on. I think there was a nineties Fox special on the monsters, but I don't recall it being much of a conversation starter and the franchise just went away. It really was inferior to Adam's family, but I'm still surprised we haven't seen a Hollywood reboot yet. Yeah. Adam's family is a superior 
Superior series, and there was that recent uh, CGI movie that's getting a sequel. I still want to yeah. see that movie. It came out last October, October it's 2019. It's got to be on like, Netflix or something by now, right? I've heard good things about it. I and yeah, check that out. There was a, a short-lived, oh, actually, not, not short-lived, a long-lived Munsters reboot uh, called The Munsters Today. It ran from the uh, late 80s to the early 90s, a three-season right, one. Right, And I remember just being confused watching it as a kid. Oh, yeah, seeing that, well, I couldn't understand what the time had passed. Uh, like, if I'd see a black and white Munsters and then I'd see this, I'd be like, well, what, huh? What? I, well, they had all that makeup that could at least obscure their aging to a degree. It just looked cheaper in color for some reason. <laughs> One, I think, what, Grandpa, the actor who played him just lived his grandpa the rest of his life. He's like, yep, I'm Grandpa Munster. Bring on the bikini, babe. He was too big for the hot rod shows, Grandpa <laughs> Munster. He's at the uh, horror conventions. Yeah, well, I think he final al lewis is no longer with us now right? socialist famous socialist al lewis oh i didn't know yep. oh that's right I, I bet that's a gilbert Gottfried fact oh it? for uh, sure for sure every episode <laughs> it comes up i remember okay uh we're gonna move on to what a cartoon and we have space jam hopefully you guys enjoyed that podcast that was so much fun to record mm-hmm. uh just a lot of laughs and yucks and just taking apart the logic of the movie and of course that <laughs> our guest on the history segment very fun very mm. knowledgeable and uh justin brown says uh, Despite being a 90-minute commercial, there's something to be said for the story about a greedy manager who steals the talent of mostly black athletes to profit off of uncaring clients. It was one script revision away from being truly subversive. And that's a very good point yeah. uh, from Justin. Yeah, I, I wonder how much intentionality is into that. But definitely, I mean... Maybe that's why the, you know, um, Jordan and Change, I mean, the Jordan and Chains imagery is very shocking on some level as an adult. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it kind of is about the NBA and how the there's, there's definitely some good writing I've read about how, like, I think uh, there's a book called like $10 million Slaves about Ooh. just what a, a rough the racial aspects of these white mostly white owners yeah billionaire owners of these teams those owners are true sickos yeah there's there's a couple big sickos out there uh and also on space jam is cat hagberg says i probably saw this movie in theaters more than any other i actually saw it opening night because my dad was a huge looney tune fan and also from chicago so even though he had zero interest in sports he liked michael jordan i also saw it several times in the dollar theater free air conditioning well okay dollar air conditioning and for some reason my sixth grade class saw it at the dollar theater on a field trip i think they played it off as michael jordan is inspirational (laughs) by that time i'd seen it so often that i uh, that i opted to read a book in the theater wow i'm tempted to watch it again and i love this episode but should probably just let it lay in the rest of my hazy 90s nostalgia I would guess the light of a th- of that movie, it's it's a bright movie, is enough to light your uh, reading true. of the book. And I feel like uh, it is vaguely inspirational in that I believe I Can Fly is probably still played at every like high school graduation, right? I think so, yeah. Along yeah. with the time of your life. <laughs> the movie, I mean, I guess it is inspirational for kids in that you see a young Michael Jordan deciding to become the Michael Jordan. Uh, and also there was another uh, comment from somebody on Twitter about this, uh, how his dad, it was... It sounded like it could just be an anecdotal thing, but it was, he said like my dad worked as a, uh, worked at a big time restaurant in Chicago yeah. and Michael Jordan came in with his entourage and they 
ran up a huge bill and they're like, oh man, we're going to make so much money. And then Michael Jordan leaves without paying his bill and says like, you're the money you made was the presence of Michael Jordan. You, you got to enjoy his presence. I want to believe he's a jerk. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I would think that uh, Scotty Pippen might agree with you on that, <laughs> I think. Up next, we have Adventure Time. We covered two episodes of that. It was a long time coming for What a Cartoon. So hopefully you all enjoyed it. And Anthony Zaylor says, I finished high school in 2009 and only started watching Adventure Time in 2010, but it has eventually become my favorite show. I was surprised to see there was no mention of Ghost Shrimp, the lead background designer up to midday through the fourth season. His work is so unique and really defined the show. He designed the treehouse. Some of my favorite designs were odd caves and forest backgrounds throughout the show that he added random bits and bobs ended up defining the post-apocalyptic nature, top tier line work and world building. Highly recommend Google Imaging Ghost Shrimp Adventure Time and enjoy. And yes, that's a very strong recommendation for me as well. Fun stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. I should have. Uh, I think I mentioned it briefly in the like, just say like, oh, this uh, this guy, they call him Ghost Shrimp. He was the background designer. But yeah, I think uh, it probably more more than anybody else set the early tone of what the world of Adventure Time would be like all the all the little stuff in the background that tells a story that deep in the world before the show's stories were ready to engage with the deeper world. Also on Adventure Time, Kiefer Folsom wrote, This episode still brings tears to my eyes. That being said, fun fact, Adventure Time has an Easter egg of a snail that can be seen waving to the audience in the background of almost each episode. And yes, I, Henry, uh, did not mention the snail Easter egg. There were two episodes where the snail initially didn't appear on original airing, but was inserted, reinserted <laughs> for subsequent releases. And the one episode, Food Chain in Season 6, didn't have the snail in this episode due to it being done by the guest animator, which I did talk about that. However, the snail would play a huge role at the end of season two in which, spoiler alert, it would inadvertently release the lich from its prison and become possessed by the lich for the rest of seasons three and four. In these specific episodes you guys went through, the snail is seen in the shot where Finn comes out from the door into Marceline's kitchen, specifically on the handle of the pot on her stove, for what was missing. And then, in I Remember You, it has two cameos. Once under the Ice King's desk in his past room, and then again briefly when the Ice King flies out of his castle. And yeah, I I knew about the snail, but I just missed it in my my close watchings. I was like, man, I can't find the snail. Is there an easy Wikipedia that just tells you where the snail was? But I couldn't find it. Someone so, should yeah. have let me know that I should be looking for the snail when I'm watching. <laughs> now, if I go through the series again, I can look for the snail in every shot. Look for the snail. It's in a every fun game. Slot. Yeah, I. So thank you, Kiefer Folsom for uh, letting me know where I missed the snail in those two episodes of Adventure Time we did. So up next we have uh, Lupin the Third Part 2. That was the uh, Miyazaki episode, Wings of Death Albatross. And the lovely Nina Matsumoto says, a very short comment from her, but uh, she says, Bach is pronounced Baha in Japanese. So yes, Ron Baha instead of like Lonbach or Ronbach mm. is a bad translation. So there yeah. you have it. So yeah, that's, uh, I'll say it again. I said it on the thing. If you watch it on Crunchyroll, you're getting a bad localization of it. You got to get the Blu-rays for or DVDs for a quality translation and localization by discotheque can't say enough good things about discotheque and luke bond but i i think a professional localizer nina matsumoto giving us some extra insight onto how that went wrong with uh lawn bach being ron baha 
Also on that episode, Shy Ranger says, This reignited memories from my early tween years. During the summer, when nobody cared how late I stayed up, I made sure to catch this on Adult Swim every time I could. I would say this was the show that really got me into anime because while I did watch Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z, those were more, yeah, it's fine, it's on, I'll watch it. Whereas Lupin, I had to commit to watch it and had to watch as much as I could. So yeah, nice nice comment from Shy Ranger there. And once again, there is so much Lupin available if you just get a Crunchyroll subscription. Oh, even God. though it's the lesser localization, it's just like, well, here are five series. Yeah, here's Have hundreds fun. of them. Yeah, and then and the DVDs of the specials are are fairly affordable too. Also, sometimes I saw this month TMS put up with ads one of their television specials as well. I was like, wow, they took it down too it fast. Oh, uh, they did. Ah, uh, damn. Yeah, well, it was up for like a week, maybe. I was gonna watch it. Keep an eye on TMS then. But they they did put Cyber Six up as well, like all of Cyber Six. I'm not used to anime series being 26 episodes like they always used to be. So that's why it's just like, wow, this Lupin thing is so long. But it's 26, which was the standard. <laughs> now it's like a 10 or 12. If you get a 13th episode of an anime season now, you're in shock. <laughs> Thank you, Italia. Yeah, and la- but then if it is one of those 13th episodes, usually it's the uh, bath episode. <laughs> uh, that didn't happen yet uh for lupon at least so avengers earth's mightiest heroes oh another nina comment i like how this is lining up so uh, <laughs> nina says i thought i had never seen this series but i just remembered an embarrassing incident i watched one episode and then posted a screen cap of captain america on twitter saying quote checked out one of the avengers cartoons and i think cap has a cleft chin but the line goes up to his lip so it's more like a seam i spent the whole episode being extremely distracted by this strange character design choice unquote then Thomas Perkins, a talented artist and character designer for the show who turned out to be one of my followers, replied, quote, it is an animation error. It was not intended to look like that. That was when I realized I need to be kinder and more careful when it comes to criticizing cartoons and comics and games because of my Twitter visibility. There's a high chance that someone who worked on it will see my tweet. Like this one time, this podcaster I follow on Twitter posted one of my artworks and yes, uh, I made fun of something Nina did and that's how we met. So I will say... Uh, you're allowed to nag a woman once and maybe it'll work out for you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I liked hearing that she had, uh, you know, you've had just one animation error. It, uh, it stucks with them forever. I, I'm glad, you know, that that person at least pointed out like that. Uh, hey, look, it, it wasn't meant to be that way. Give, give it another chance. Uh, I guess, yeah, our final comment because uh, Black Cauldron is too new for us to have yes. any comments for you. I hope our audience survives Gurgi. I hope people just don't unsubscribe. <laughs> we we expose Gurgi to a new, uh, new crowd here and <laughs> frankly it's offensive the first gurgi clip they're going to be like and unsubscribe no more uh but the last comment on that avengers podcast is from shy ranger again saying pardon my tangent but henry's discussion about why non-disney owned marvel characters could show up in this made me think of video games the first lego marvel superheroes game had an amazing array of avengers fantastic four and x-men characters along with the many supports because it came out before guardians of the galaxy and so many other things so they had so they needed a ton of characters but by the time lego marvel superheroes 2 came out the fantastic four and x-men weren't in the game at all because there were many more movies and shows to pull from that game is still good but it bummed me out that they cared more about relevant characters than variety even though they could have done it hmm. 
And the less said about going from Marvel versus Capcom 3 to Infinite, the better. And yeah, I mean, those not unlike Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, but it also fell under an era where Marvel did not want their Marvel characters. They didn't really want to make anything new that didn't feature characters from the movies. Like, even though they technically could make animated series starring the X-Men, they just did, or Fantastic Four, they simply didn't want to because it would help popularize movies they didn't own. Now that they bought Fox, they do own those characters again and the x-men and the fantastic four can finally start being in stuff but yeah this was like at the end of that era for marvel cartoons that they could include fox movie characters in it and and also just an addendum to that too that was probably partially called a call by jeff loeb and it just came out how jeff loeb was a shitty boss Mm. uh of uh, being kind of racist in saying that uh It came out over the weekend that one of the cast members of Daredevil Season 2, an actor named Peter Shinkoda, he says that uh, they forcibly cut out the original story arc for his character as Jeff Loeb, the then head of Marvel Television, was quoted as saying, nobody cares about Chinese people and Asian people, Mm. end quote. So... Uh, that, I would say objectively yeah. that's not true. <laughs> yeah, it's also incorrect. Yeah, but also a shitty thing to say. Then like, and but that's what all these executives can get away with saying. Most of the time, they're just like, "Look, I of course am not racist. I'm I'm a rich liberal in Hollywood." But other people don't care about Asians. Other people just want to see white people. So so you'll be played by Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that I mean, it's a there's a reason I think those shows are so lame and samey. But also, especially like those Defenders, the Defenders Netflix shows are so weird with Asian characters. Like the hand is just treated as a magical group of ninjas. Hmm. You also find out the like, oh, who's in charge of the hand? Sigourney Weaver, who is like, well, I love Sigourney Weaver. The She's head a- of the ninja organization <laughs> should not probably be Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver's a seven year old white lady. What's yeah. happening? <laughs> uh and, and then there's then there's Iron Fist. There's, yeah. There's a lot of problems with that. So uh to know that Jeff Loeb, who'd been the killer of the avengers earth's mightiest hero series to hear new stories about him being a crappy boss it makes me all the more thankful he is no longer in charge of any marvel content and we hope you're all out there staying healthy again uh, please listen to uh science uh please uh, wear a mask please wash your hands please be very careful uh don't be tempted by the lore of parties and gatherings please yes, please no. we want the world to return to normal and it is very tempting uh, we're all very lonely we're trying to make it work and we hope we can entertain you in this in this hard time yeah yeah we we i know i've turned a lot to podcasts to help me through this time and then i hope that we can do the same for you guys and and we look forward to another like great month stuff from all of the what a cartoons we're doing we got some really great guests coming in the next couple months of talking simpsons as well and don't forget to vote not only on the september movie all the disney direct video stuff but also the next mini series poll will it be king of the hill futurama Duckman, or daria that's up to you listener yeah and it'll be here before you know and we'll be done recording it before we know it so uh (laughs) time is moving in strange ways but We will still be here for you no matter what. So thanks for listening to Talk to the Audience. We will see you again next month. Thank you for listening.
Wow, infotainment.